Hi, I'm Amanda, and you might not know me yet, but I help with a ton of things behind the scenes here at CBP. My favorite part is getting to learn from industry professionals, just like the one you're about to hear from. But wouldn't it be awesome to connect with these people in person? I thought so too. And that's why I'm going to CBP Connects in Milwaukee this June. What's CBP Connects? I'm so glad you asked. CBP Connects is a three-day networking and educational workshop packed full of inspiring people and valuable information. Register today at craftbeerprofessionals.org. See you there. Hey, everybody. If you're listening live, it is June 1st, and we are less than three weeks away from CBP Connects Milwaukee. It's this June 19th to 21st. It's going to be a little over two days of fun. It's going to be 12 interactive workshop sessions, three nightly receptions, and I can't wait to hang out with everybody here on screen and all of you who are going to be joining us very, very soon in Milwaukee. You can sign up at cbpconnects.com to grab your spot. But today, I'm joined by some of the wonderful presenters who are going to be joining us in just a few weeks. And Brian, because you are to the right of me, you get to tell everybody a little bit about yourself, what you do, and what you're going to be talking about in Milwaukee. I'd love to learn. Excellent. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for uh, letting me be a part of this. Um, I'm Brian Winkler, uh, founder and uh, creative director at Robot House. Uh, we're in Oklahoma City, and we're a branding agency that works with craft brewers and uh, and uh, beer-adjacent businesses and all kinds of businesses. Um, to do uh, uh, brand development, um, which means logos, websites, all that kind of stuff, as well as packaging design. We love doing a lot of that. Um, got uh, Crushy behind me from, from last year. We're waiting on our platinum one from this year. What so, did you win your Crushy for? Uh, last year was for, for Coop. It might have actually been for the Sonic Hard Seltzer, which we have a big you know pool floaty behind it. Uh, this year was for brand uh, and development and can designs for Skydance Brewing in Oklahoma City, uh, which is like four blocks away from us. So it's, it, we live in a dangerous part of town because there's tap rooms all around um, within walking distance. Uh, so uh, so yeah, the uh, um, uh, Wednesday morning in Milwaukee, and I, I've never been to Milwaukee, I can't wait to, to you know, to see what it's all about. Uh, uh, we're doing a presentation called You Are Your Brewery, uh, The Benefits of Crafting Your Brewery's Unique Brand Story. And so that really just kind of gets into the idea of uh, sort of, emotional, personal brand storytelling, and essentially, much like us at Robot House, because we're just a small team of six, um, breweries, for the most part, um, are sort of the personal visions of the folks who start them. And so uh, something that we love to do is really work with breweries. And, uh, you know, the for us, sort of the, the ones that are the most successful, the ones that really kind of articulate what's special, what's unique about them, how they really tie into that personal story of the founders and, and the vision. And, uh, and so we're going to have to do some fun activities and kind of talk about, you know, branding in a not, in a not kind of like boring hashtag LinkedIn kind of way, hopefully. Well, it's going to be a great time. I'm excited for your session on that Wednesday morning. Maria, I'm excited to see you face to face again as well. Likewise. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Um, my name is Maria Pierman. I'm a CPA and I have a specialization in beverage alcohol. I've um, focused on this space for 15 years and I lead the beverage practice at my public accounting firm, which we're headquartered in LA and have a nationwide practice. Um, so I, I love breweries. I love uh, working with brewery owners because they are just um, 
good people. It's rare to run into someone who isn't someone you'd want to sit down and have a beer with. And um, the financial education component is something that always seems to be needed in the industry. So any any opportunity to share a little bit of financial education, I get excited about. Um, I'm really passionate about helping brewery owners fulfill their mission. And so for me, that means what can I do to take away some of the um, some of the tasks or some of the responsibilities that maybe those brewery owners either aren't interested in or don't want to learn how to do, but they give them more space to bring their perfect craft into the world. And, you know, it sounds really cheesy, but I think if we can uh, create a space where everybody can bring their unique talents into the world, it will make the world a better place. So that's, uh, that's my little personal mission. But um, so anytime I get to hang out with and talk with beer professionals, I love it. Um, so at CBP Connects, I'll be talking about taproom pricing and strategies for maximizing your bottom line and guest experience. Um, it's no surprise that the taproom is the most lucrative outlet for breweries. Uh, when you look at the margins on a pint of beer sold, it just blows out of the water anything that you might expect from a wholesale environment. So while that's great and there's rich margins across your counter, there are things that you can do to take that to the next level. And that's what we're going to go into is how can you look at data and what type of things can you measure that'll help take that profitability in your own tap room to the next level. We'll um, talk about some KPIs that maybe are new, might be new to you that you can use to track this, uh, th these key performance metrics. And then um, also talking about opening a new location. How do you decide when it's the right time to do so? And I'll go through some short and hopefully straightforward exercises that you can use as, as like a back of the napkin quick assessment as to whether or not something makes sense. So um, that's where we're headed in my session in Milwaukee. I'm excited to be there. I, I got to say, I'm really excited for your session, Maria. And the way you just described it, I'm just imagining a napkin, me scribbling on it. Like, okay, I need to open a second location right now. <laughs> if only it was that simple, right? <laughs> yep. Chris, we saw each other a few weeks ago for the first time. And, you know, we're seeing each other again in Milwaukee. Yeah, man. I was so pumped to, to hang out with you. And uh, CBC was super fun. Um, but Connects is going to be a totally different experience. And I'm excited because we get to address a really interesting problem. Um, and, and that's like, you know, the fact that, that we have so much to say as businesses uh, when it comes to marketing and not a whole lot of space to say it. Or sometimes that can get very crowded. You know, I was just looking at some stats earlier this week. The average American is exposed to like 4,000 to 10,000 ads every single day. So part of the problem that we're trying to figure out how to navigate around is how do we serve content? How do we advertise content? How do we promote our products to people that are inundated with messaging already and do so in a way that's like nice and interesting and captivating and uh, kind of cuts through the noise, but more than that is strategic on who we're showing ads to, how are we targeting different audiences? How are we addressing uh, folks at different stages of their buying process? So on and so forth. The goal here is to uh, address, you know, the, the um, I guess the title of the session is Max Capacity Marketing. How are we getting our message out uh, without looking like a mega commercial feed? And that's what our firm does. We do uh, digital marketing and remote marketing support for breweries and beer adjacent companies. Lots of advertising, lots of email, lots of content distribution. 
So uh, like I said, at the beginning, it's kind of an interesting problem that we're going to try to solve together in a, in a very cool, intimate environment, not so much as a, a big presentation with slides. Let's figure this thing out together as a group and um, hopefully come away with something me too included. So I'm excited. And on a personal level, I'm very excited for yours as well, because getting all the content out we need to as crafty professionals is a challenge. And I'm excited to walk away with some tips from you. Yeah. And Meg, last but not least, I'm excited for you to be joining us all the way from Texas. That's right. Hello from sunny and uh, increasingly warm Austin, Texas, everybody. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be right if I didn't start with a howdy. So howdy, everybody. Um, I am Meg Ellis. I'm the deputy director for the Texas Craft Brewers Guild. I've been part of that team for about five years now. And um, for those of y'all who are watching or um, going to be attending CDP, and hopefully everyone in the industry has encountered a state guild of some kind, but um, we are essentially the state level trade organizations that support, in our case, our, our mission is to protect, pro promote and propel the Texas craft brewing industry. So uh, we do what we can. We have a four person team who does our best to support a whole state of, uh, of you know, hundreds of craft brewers and the, the vendors that work with them to make their, um, make their uh, beers as high quality as they can and run the best business as possible. And um, one of the ways we do that is through um, partnerships with organizations, with um, regulatory agencies, all kinds of, of uh, resources out there that we can use to drive more member value, member engagement, um, reducing costs and, and um, overhead for our festivals, as well as just thinking long-term, like who can we start developing relationships with now that even if we don't have an immediate application um, could be good to have, you know, in our pocket and vice versa uh, as we go into the years ahead. So I am very excited to be um, part of a panel with some seriously heavy hitters uh, from the Brewers Association, the Pink Boot Society. Um, some We've really got the really Brewers Association in there, yeah. Lucy and Lucy and, there it uh, is. <laughs> and the Visit Milwaukee, which is a local tourism agency. Yeah, so our panel, we're going to struggle to get uh, everything we want to talk about in our <laughs> in our one hour with the four or five folks who uh, really care a lot about this level of activity, but we're hoping to let everyone know some insights. Um, I'm going to be speaking specifically to kind of resource allotment and auditing and making sure that the partnerships you're pursuing are actually meeting the needs of, of what your organization or you personally, uh, depending on your perspective, might need, but yeah, keep an eye out for our panel. It's called Crafting Mutually Beneficial Partnerships. And um, I am have been to Milwaukee before. I love it. It's a beautiful city. Can't wait to go uh, stroll around some of those old brewery compounds that have been repurposed and um, kind of given new life. But um, looking forward to being, being part of my first CDP uh, in-person event too. So thanks yeah, for having me. Yeah, this is going to be great. And you know, I've been to Milwaukee. It's been quite some time. I absolutely love Wisconsin. And the last time I was in Milwaukee, I went to some diner type restaurant and I ordered a meal that came with a regular PBR, but also a PBR light, which I didn't even know existed. It came in like a really cute baby blue can. Oh, I'm trying man. to find a way to get some for the event. I've sent a few emails because has anybody here had a PBR light before? I mean, I, I didn't even know it existed, right? Because isn't a PBR essentially already a PBR light? But right, right. <laughs> doing my best to try to find those. So one of my favorite things about CBB Connects is literally bringing strangers together, people who have, you know, things in common, but have probably never met before. And Brian, you were there last year. And one of the first things we did, I had people get in teams with strangers randomly, and they built a brewery out of kids, arts and crafts supplies and shared it with the group. And Brian, I think there's an awesome picture of you presenting your brewery. Do you remember what it was called? 
I know I put you on the spot. Oh man. Yeah. And Matt should be on, uh, with river drive. Cause he was, that's when I first met him was in that first group in St. Louis and he had the vision. He was like all him. And I'm trying to think, but that was like, that was almost a year ago, Andrew. And it really you know? set the tone, though, because, you know, people came to interact, but you were thrown with people that you never met before. You got to know them. Oh, you yeah. had activity together. And it really just it speaks to the importance of team building and everybody coming together with unique skills for the greater good of something, just like at a brewery. And, you know, I love that concept for so many ways because, you know, there's a goal behind it, but it's also bringing strangers together. And last week I had a conversation with Joe Cohane. And he wrote a book called The Power of Strangers. It's literally about the importance of talking to strangers. So, Brian, I'd love to hear why you think it's important that we talk to strangers. Well, it's sort of, I think, culturally, there actually is a book that I, I read some time ago, and I think it was called something like uh, 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 Bowling bowling for One or, or something. It, essentially, it was about kind of how culture has shifted and we're all a lot more doing stuff by ourselves or we have uh you know kind of uh passive friendships through social media you know that we're not really specifically connecting to people and so i think that's part of part of what we what we do in the success of just just kind of tied into our business is that um we you know almost all of our clients are word of mouth and it's just from knowing people and oklahoma city is kind of a big small town probably a lot of places are big small towns and everybody's like one degree separated from everybody else but you know it's i just what's cool with me uh, for me is meeting people who like who like stuff that I like and then finding out what else they're like what else they're about where they're from you know and uh, you know and just learning you know uh, just different kinds of you know different kinds of people different kinds of culture it's just for me as a as a you know person who works on you know creative storytelling every day that's that's like you know energy for me that's that's the stuff that kind of really inspires me and just just you know meeting a bunch of really cool people that are just there to have fun and learn and grow and meet other people it's it's just a really rich environment i think for having those experiences and and potentially forming some you know some really good friendships and relationships no yeah definitely Chris, you strike me as a type of... Sorry, I I just wanted to jump in and say, I think that um, you're so right, Andrew, that our uh, world has gotten very isolated. And as much as we're connected, we're also alone throughout so much of the day. And it's like this false connectivity. And I think that tap rooms are a real center for true human connection. And so I love that you're weaving in this idea of like the power of strangers into tap rooms, because it really is one of the few places. It's almost like we're kind of getting back to the tap room being the center of a community in in the neighborhoods. And um, it's so important because our life just is inundated with, with uh, social media and LinkedIn and all these, you know, kind of false fronts for, for social connection. So I really applaud you for bringing that in. I think it's, oh well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun to meet new people, but it's also fun to deepen the connections with those we kind of know. I mean, I remember Maria is when you and I, I think probably met for the first time face to face. It was that panel at Woods Boss in Denver, CBC. <laughs> in 2021 that was like you know the first big event we'd all done following the pandemic kind of mid-pandemic if you will Mm -hmm. and i didn't really know what to expect a lot of us had kind of turned off our social interaction skills for a while and for me (laughs) that event was really really special for a couple ways you know first off it was like really really interactive you know 
there was five or six of us on stage, you know, leading the panel, but the audience was asking questions. It was intimate. It was just a really, really great experience. And then following the panel that we had, it, you know, it turned into just the opportunity to build relationships and have those meaningful conversations in that room of about a hundred people. But, you know, in that room, there was people like yourself who I never met face to face, but I think we all felt like we kind of knew each other. Like, what do you remember about that day? Um, I, I do remember that. I, I remember like, uh, and not only at that event, but also, so that was part of the first CBC after COVID, you know, and um, that sort of off cycle CBC. And it felt like there was so much pent up demand for human connection, like just to sit down and have a conversation with someone. And so we were all like extra excited and giddy because we're actually meeting people face to face again. So, um, you know, it's this COVID was this weird social experiment where, um, you know, we forget how, how hardwired we are for that social connection, but it's, I'm very thankful that we're in a spot where we can do that again. And I think intimate events like that, are, they're just really special because it allows for deeper, meaningful relationships to get you know, formed. And you, no, the thing I love is you never know who you're going to meet. And when you get to be in a room full of people and you don't, you maybe have a name tag, but there's no title, there's no association. You get to form these relationships in a much more organic way than trying to connect about what it is you do rather than just like what you're there to learn or, or get, you know, get out of the experience. I love that. Mm -hmm. Meg, when you meet someone for the first time, is there a question you like to ask them or, you know, yeah. how do you like to approach a stranger? Yeah. I try to ask something um, like um, experiential. So like what, what was the last um, movie you went to see or, um, you know, things that aren't necessarily like opinion oriented, like what's your favorite movie that we might disagree on, but, um, have you read any books that you really enjoyed or have you, um, you know, things that are a little bit more, uh, less quantifiable, a little bit more anecdotal. Um, I really like that, especially cause it, in a, in, in a workplace environment, it catches people off guard there. You know, it's a little bit fun to watch them go like, Oh, that's not the question. I, I was ready to talk about my brewery or like <laughs> how many barrels we're making or what kind of legal challenges we're struggling with. But, um, to really, I think it helps that person know that they're being seen as an individual and a person and a whole person, not just the role that they're playing at their, at their business. So love to throw a, a curveball question at someone. Oh my gosh. I can relate so much. Cause after having so many conversations on zoom and just so many business type meetings, you don't want to go to a social gathering. It's like, Oh, well, what do you do? Like it just <laughs> takes so much energy sometimes. Mm -hmm. What was the last, what was the best meal you ate recently? Like, you know, tell a story about it. Mm -hmm. I'm so interested in that. So Meg, what is a book you've read recently that you've enjoyed? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm kind of struggling through a very long book right now that is um, occupying a lot of, um, it's called uh, The City of Saints and Madmen. It's by an author who wrote the, um, uh, his name is Jeff Vandermeer, and he wrote the um, Annihilation trilogy, which was recently made into a movie with Natalie Portman. Uh, one of my favorite authors, but Annihilation probably has been one that's stuck with me. It's it's about, it's tiny. It's a teeny little, you know, 100, 120 page novella, but it is haunting. And I, I really, if you're into sci-fi, I strongly recommend um, sci-fi and sort of like environmental catastrophe, <laughs> you know, something light. <laughs> Brian, I bet that's up your alley, but you're nodding like you may have not read that one. Uh, I've seen the movie. Um, I've, I've, I've gotten lazy in my age and, and, you know, tend to see, you know, tend to, to see movies before reading books, but, uh, but I have, that's another, I have tried to read more because again, it's like, everybody's just sort of scrolling, you know, all day long. And so actually I, I still like having the, you know, like 
Yeah. And that's, I, I think that, that ties into the idea of community and of in-person for me, part of it is sort of like that, that, you know, the, the substance of stuff, you know, a book, you know, or a thing and a beer and, you know, an actual face-to-face, -face, you know, uh, you know, conversation, you know, I think that's all for me, it kind of all ties into that same sort of want and need that, you know, I think we all still have, you know, that hopefully isn't the, the young generations, like my 14 year old, who's just on his headphones and scrolling TikTok and YouTube all day. Hopefully he's, you know, he'll, he'll find, eventually find, you know, uh, value in, in that kind of thing. Yeah, it's nice to disconnect and have those conversations. And, you know, Tuesdays, I take my, my son, Max, for, to swim lesson at the YMCA. And I love going because my phone's going to be in my car. It's going to be in my locker. It's not on me. But the other day when I went, my mind was blown when three out of five people in the hot tub were on a phone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That was just like the weirdest thing. I guess they're waterproof. No, the technology is improving. But yeah, the goal is to disconnect sometimes and have those meaningful conversations. And, you know, Chris, to throw it to you, I was going to say early on that you seem like the kind of person, don't take this the wrong way, who likes to talk to strangers. Do you like engaging with strangers, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love it because I'm like super curious person and I'm very like fascinated by different parts of the world and different backgrounds. You know, if I travel and I'm in a different country, you know, I'd like embarrass my wife because I'm like, I just want to talk to this person and see like what is going on. What's their day like? What are they eating? Like what, what routes do they take to work? Like what is what is really it like over here? Because I have my perspective of my life and what I've gone through and, and where I live and all these things. But when you get to see it through somebody else's eyes, like it makes me feel more human. It makes me feel more connected to the planet and everyone here. And it's like, man, this is so fascinating to me. So I very much so enjoy talking to strangers, although I'm less of like the bubble popper, bubble popper person. And what I mean by that is like, if I'm in a, a group of people that where we have somebody who's like really good about just initiating the conversation, then, okay, I'm the sustained guy. I'll ask a million questions and keep the conversation going. But breaking the uh, initial ice is definitely a hurdle for sure. As much as I like talking, uh, that's, that's the hard part, right? Well, I think everybody you meet in Milwaukee will have something in common. So I don't think you'll have a hard time with that one. Great. No, no, Chris, you've given quite a few talks in Craft Your Professionals virtually. And you recently you know, spoke at CBC as well. I'd love to learn why you're excited to be leading a session in person. Yes, I think that the in-person piece of it is, I think you you get more out of it, right? Like when you're watching a screen, you're doing Zoom, you know, you got like 14 windows open, you got your email open, you got your phone open. Nobody can see you looking at your phone or whatever else you're doing, but you are, you know, your attention's split. Either, even if you have the best intentions of absorbing as much as you can from that uh that virtual experience. And as good as it is, you're, you're not going to get all of that you could being there in person because you just you just kind of see it differently. I think your mind is in a different spot. Um, so the ability to talk to folks about something as important as what we're talking about and have that be the potential to absorb all of that good information and, and be part of that is very exciting to me. I, I enjoy the, the live stuff. I love it anytime I get a chance to talk at a conference or do a little breakout workshop. It's, it's always a better, uh, more um, authentic experience. Not to say that I don't like the virtual stuff too. I love doing that because I don't have to leave my office, man. Well, it's <laughs> nice to have that out there but, uh, to be able to attend in person too. Yes, and be, that's the other part about it is I get to learn 
as well. Uh, and as much as it is me trying to share information, it's about me learning as well, because I don't know what I don't know. And uh, getting a chance to, to learn from others and, and live in-person feedback while I'm leading a session, I learn at that point too. So it's it goes both ways. Agreed. Now, for everyone else, you all have done your share of virtual presentations as well. How do your goals change when you're giving a talk in person versus virtually? Are there any noticeable differences that you take to your approach or you know outcomes you expect or hope for from the presentation? For me, yeah, I just, I, I, good. Uh, I really do try to get people talking. Um, and I think that when you're in person, you can get to the heart of true questions that they have so that people can walk away with either actionable information that they can execute on. Or um, if someone has a specific question, you can ask clarifying questions and get to the heart of it and really get their, their question answered. So it's a much more effective use of um, you know, presenting when you can do it in person, in my opinion. And, um, you know, there's benefits of the online stuff, like probably scale and reach is a lot better with online. But I, I just think that, um, that being able to draw people in is much more present in a, in an in-person environment. Brian? Uh, I like seeing faces. I, I don't like looking at a little green dot, you know, on my on my laptop and and trying, you know, I, I need a warm room, I think is what I'm saying, you know, because um, uh, I've, I've, had, I've had cold rooms with actual faces and that that was not great. But uh, but yeah, it's really for me, you know, it's it's having that engagement and, you know, the, the, the stuff that we talk about, you know, and, and I, I always, you know, try and throw some humor in there and and we're, we're planning on a little bit of a kind of short activity in ours that'll, you know, so, uh, that so folks that are, you know, that are there and it's a, it's a date in the morning. So, you know, we're, I'm hoping, you know, we get, you know, a, a, a good enough crowd who's awake enough and is pumping coffee into their systems, you know, to, uh, uh, to participate. But, but yeah, it's just, there's that electricity of other people, I think, versus the electricity of your laptop or your desktop or your phone or whatever. That's, you know, really integral, I think, to, to really knowing that, that you're not just sort of talking into a void, that you're really making connection to see people nodding, you know, as you know, as as you're talking, it's that's that's something that is a nice, you know, sort of momentum booster to to see that that yeah, this is this is connecting. Yeah, I kind a little of more pressure too, right? Like, sorry, Chris. Uh, real quick, I think there's a little more pressure to make sure your content does land because, like, if it doesn't work out virtually, it's like, all right, I just don't pay attention. You don't feel that attention loss, but in person. It's like, well, you know, if they're tuning out to you in person, that, that stings a little bit. You start to get a little nervous up there. So uh, making sure your content's good is is uh, some pressure there for sure. Anyways, go ahead, Meg. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the difference between uh, preparing or filming a movie versus putting on a theater production. You know, the, the audience gets to be part of that um, and yeah. becomes part of the presentation in its entirety um, because of the way that you can respond to them. And I think in terms of preparation, Preparing for something virtually is sort of like, okay, it's the Meg show and I just start and I'm just, I'm on. And then when it's done, it's done. Whereas, um, so I might spend a little bit more time, equal intention of preparation, but a different style. So for an in-person, I might leave a little bit more room for audience engagement or like Maria was saying, to invite questions, invite conversations that um, can really respond to what the audience needs rather than just kind of like, here's what I'm gonna talk about today. 
I, know, I, I would agree with you on that, Meg. There's definitely differences, as you all mentioned, between presenting in person and virtual. I think many of us have gotten guilty of using presenter notes a lot when we do the virtual presentation. So, you know, I find that when I get ready for my in-person sessions that I leave, which I absolutely love leading, I'll have my notes ready and I'll have a slides if I have slides, but then I'll just kind of forget about them. You know, then I'll just play off the crowd, the energies there, and I enjoy it so much more. And then, you know, talking about these virtual versus in-person, you know, as in taking the time to learn, I think when there's like virtual conferences and CPP is guilty of it, you know, you can tune in live for a virtual conference. You can ask a question at that moment and you can get a response from the presenter. But I think so often, you know, we say, okay, we'll just watch it later. We'll catch the replay. We'll tune in on Spotify. We'll just have a free Saturday morning and we'll dive in. I think there's something to be said about being a little bit more intentional in taking the time to go to these in-person events. And Meg, you and I were just talking yesterday about so often people, you know, are separated from a lot of other people just like themselves. People could be in remote parts of Texas, not have any other breweries near them. They're a little isolated. So, you know, I love to throw the question and start with you, Meg. Why is it important that we take this intentional time, professional development, education that's in person? Because otherwise, I mean, to be speaking from my experience, otherwise it's not going to happen. Like I have to schedule it. Um, and and I'm kind of amazed. I've been thinking about this uh, since we started talking this morning. I'm able to work in my office, which is in my home environment. I don't do anything else at home. I have to remove myself to go to a designated place where I can be like, okay, I am here to do this thing now and nothing else. Andrew, like you were saying, leaving your phone in the car while you're working out, like that's not part of why I'm here. Um, so for me, that kind of physical aspect of going to a place to do a certain thing or learn a certain topic or engage with people in a particular way is very, very meaningful. Like I'm, um, you know, of the, of the things, my hobbies, you know, physical exercise, musical performance, none of that happens at my house. <laughs> I have to go off site to do that. Um, otherwise it just, it never happens because there's always dishes or there's an email to write or, you know, any other number of things that I'm trying to, to task manage that um, are going to get in my way every time, no matter what, what I think I can actually pull off. So Meg, you interact with so many breweries in your role, you know, how can we convince them? I don't like using the word convince, but show them the value of taking that intentional time on your calendar to whether it's attend the Guild event, whether it's a CBP Connects or whether it's a craft brewers conference. Like, how can you say, look, I know you're busy. You wear a billion hats, but I promise taking these three days will help you. Like, how do we get that out there? Yeah, I think to the easiest answer, I'm sure there's more that I could come up with. Um, but the easiest answer is, can you afford not to? Because if, if you're constantly responding and in reaction mode, rather than creating time to be strategic and think long term, you never just like I said, if you don't prioritize it, it doesn't happen. So I think pitching that idea that even if it's just an afternoon, you know, you don't have to commit to the whole thing. But um, the opportunity to go out and find, you know, unexpected inspiration or um, new connections in, within your network or even among your team that you didn't know were there can be so valuable and not just in terms of, um, you know, employee retention and professional development, but it can actually save your company money uh, down the road. So I think that's my the, the, the most accessible answer, but I'm sure the, the, my co-panelists here have, have some more insight on that. You know, what I've seen work in, in lots of industries is, uh, and this is a very like tactical answer, but you know, having the the sharing of the experiences of the people there coming from their, you know, perspective, right? Whether it be a video, 
word testimonials are, are great, but I think a video testimonial is so fantastic when you can see that and it's authentic and the person's talking about what they felt during the presentation or during the conference or the experience and then sharing that information or sharing that video or, or testimonial or whatever huge because that's how we make decisions as whatever we're, whether we're buying products or we're deciding to invest our time somewhere it's based on what other people think you know think about amazon and all those reviews that are on there i think that those those shared i don't want to call it a testimonial because that's essentially what it is but it's 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 their sharing of their perspective or their experience and i think that's a great way to go about it for sure so i'll agree with that one chris because following cbp connect st louis last year brian you were there we essentially had everybody get in a circle and describe their experience in one word and like it was a last minute decision that i made it was a lot of fun but the energy was really cool to hear everyone's like unique takeaways and it almost serves as, as that awesome marketing reminder of like why you need to be there. Just to seeing the smiles on people's faces. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want that again. I need that right now. Yep. So for like Brian and Maria, you know, how do you think we can motivate people, you know, to come to these events? And like, what do you think is important about these in-person get togethers that, you know, as Meg said, you don't want to miss out on these opportunities because it could be costing you your success. I think about, um, you know, the accountant that I am, I always think about return on investment and um, like, so particularly for, for my session, which is about maximizing taproom revenue, we talked about earlier how it's the most lucrative sales channel you have and what would that look like? What impact would it be if you could shift the equation and make it even more lucrative and, um, you know, the, the strategies that you'll learn in the session are going to serve you going forward forever. And, you know, if you can if you can sacrifice two, three days to come and not only is it going to be an enjoyable amount of time, but it's also something where you'll learn things that you can implement in short order and have a very material effect on the financial well-being of your company, your own livelihood, the livelihood of your employees, it's probably going to make you sleep better at night. Like those are some things that have a lot of value, I think, for a lot of people. So um, I always think about the ROI and, you know, it, yeah, it's a short term sacrifice. But what are the things I can learn there and carry forward that will really change how I do business? It might not be a drastic change, but it probably is going to be a material change that I can carry forward. Yeah, I think. um for me, having been to St. Louis and Norfolk last uh, uh, last year, it's a curated experience. I mean, it, it's very much, um, I think you do a really great job, Andrew, not to be kissing your butt mm -hmm. on live YouTube or anything, but um, that, you know, it's very specifically diverse in terms of the content, in terms of the people, you know, that are, you know, that are, are chosen to speak. You know, uh, I don't make beer, um, but I've learned a lot about it and, and it's, you know, for us, you know, it, it's important for us to get to know, uh, as much as we can about the lives of, you know, of the folks that we work with, you know, so that we can, you know, have that, that full perspective. I know much more about hops than I ever thought I would learn, you know? Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's, there's every, Every session is intentionally uh, chosen to to really kind of have this kind of full perspective of the various angles, you know, of the industry. 
Um, so from an educational standpoint, I think there's a lot of value there, whether you're, you know, you're a brewer or whether you're in a, you know, uh, uh, a beer adjacent, uh, you know, uh, business. Uh, and then really, you know, the just kind of the camaraderie, the, the, the people, you know, meeting. Um, again, I've, I've never been to Milwaukee. I've got some friends up there. So I'm actually going to spend a, a couple of extra days uh, visiting some folks. And, you know, it's always been this, uh, you know, I, I, I'm originally familiar with it, you know, through Laverne and Shirley. So it just feels natural that, you know, my first trip would be you know to to be a beer centric trip to you know but anywhere i go is kind of a beer centric trip really so i think that's all all of us for the most part probably anywhere we go that's you know we want to see that culture and drink that culture and and really experience something something new and different if, if it's not some place you've been before brian i love everything you just said so much but <laughs> we're, we're almost you know, seven, eight months away from what we experienced last year in 2022. Like looking back on St. Louis and your experience here in Virginia, you know, what resonates with you the most? Is there that one memory that you look back on either of those? You're like, okay, I really appreciated that. Or it was nice to get to know that person or I learned this awesome thing. Is there anything that sticks with you more so than others? Uh, so actually going back to that first, uh, you know, St. Louis morning, the, the icebreaker, which was great because, yeah, you know, when you're you don't know anybody, you know, and I had, had only known you virtually up until then. Um, I met you, you when know. you were working out that first day, I believe. I yeah. Yeah, that's right. Again. Yeah. Because I like to eat and drink. So I need to, you know, burn as many calories as I possibly can when I'm not eating and drinking. Um, but yeah, doing that first thing and and winding up, in, you know, with Matt from River Drive and finding out he's from Maine and my brother lives up in Maine. Uh, and so he and my brother have actually become friends because I've been able, able to, you know, connect them. Um, and, and he, you know, he was just a super fun guy and and with painted toenails, you know, and uh, um, and it was just a real fun, just kind of casual you know, uh, everybody, everybody was there to have fun. Everybody was there to, to, you know, get something out of it. And so, so yeah, I think that's kind of the, the big takeaway was from the get go, it wasn't, it didn't take a while for the kind of the room to warm going back to the kind of the warm room thing. It's, you know, uh, it's, you know, everybody was able to kind of go through, you know, and Andrew likes to push people into awkward situations, you know, and see who rises and falls. Uh, so, uh, I don't so think there, anybody was upset though, Brian. I think everybody. Oh no, no, you know, it's just you know, it's a lot easier for some folks than others. Uh, but I don't think anybody. I think everybody has has a good time doing that because it's it's a great opportunity to you know to just you know kind of you know make you know make some make some fast friends for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, that kind of set the tone. You met people a little awkwardly at the opening reception last year. Then you're thrown into building something together right away. My night three, you've got a new set of friends. And it, it sounds so cheesy, but these are people you can now reach out to when you have questions. They're people you can build relationships who are just like you. And, you know, those friendships can go a really long way. Yeah, I actually, I felt bad because I, I wasn't able to make it to CBC and a bunch of, of new friends that I made at, you know, at, at both of them were hitting me up like, hey, am I going to see it? You know, and I was like, not this year, maybe next year, you know. But yeah, but that was kind of cool too, to, you know, have, you know, have folks reach out and say, hey, I hope to see you, you know, in Nashville. So, uh, so yeah, you know, it, it, that, it felt good. Well, you'll see him in Milwaukee. And because Matt's not here today, maybe we'll have to consider coming to him for an event in Maine in 2024. So maybe we might have to do that. So Maria, Chris, and Meg, you know, 
the three of you have not experienced the CBP Connects before, you know, what are you looking forward to about coming to Milwaukee? Hmm, probably um, meeting a group of people who are new to me. I mean, it may turn out that I know a lot of the room and that would be super cool. Um, but I'm sure there are going to be lots of new people that I haven't met before. And um, I love hearing people's stories. I love hearing how they got into the industry, why they're passionate about it. Um, so just forging more connections with people. Um, I'm also excited just to be in Milwaukee because, well, to Brian's point earlier, it's uh, a city that's so steeped in beer culture. It kind of feels a, like a, a little sort of mini Mecca. So that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like the people. And, and like I said, kind of at the top, I um, feel really passionate about being able to share financial knowledge in the space and helping people who are in the industry bolster their skills in that arena, because, you know, it's foundational to any business. And, um, I feel like that's something that that I can offer that might help them in some way. So just having those outlets to, you know, share education. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think that uh, the you both the, had that dramatic pause and spoke at the exact same time. I wasn't sure. Oh, I thought we were going to go further. No. Never put us on a panel together. <laughs> We have the same pacing in our in our speak apparently. So um, I'll go and get out of the way, and then you can then you can uh, jump in if you want. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is that what what is kind of different about this one is that it's the same groups of same group of people the whole time. So usually when you go to conferences or these expos and stuff, it's like new 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 for like three days straight, and then you have to like pass out for a day because it's it's just so exhausting. But we're going to do that new piece, but then it's like well now we get to go through the rest of this stuff together and the arc that's going to happen in the relationship building is going to be different, which will be fun. Chris, I'm excited to spend a little bit more time with you. I know we had a coffee date and we hung out a little bit more in Nashville, but it'll be nice to do it again. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I'm very interested and curious to see, you know, a lot of the work, well, most of the work we do at the Guild um, is very business facing. So we, we serve our members through their employers. So a lot of our um, strategies and, and um, work is around providing um, those businesses with, with the tools they need. Um, and so I'm really interested and excited to be in a, a place where the focus is a little bit more on the individual as a professional um, and just kind of see like what I might be able to take away or how I can incorporate what I'm going to experience in Milwaukee um, to serve our, our members better. We are, you know, obviously we want to make uh, brewery staff as, as well equipped as they can be, but um, just kind of coming, you know, coming around the corner a little bit on that is, is a fun thing. Fun. I'm, I'm excited to see some, maybe some neurons connect in a way that they haven't before. Oh, I love that, Megan. And it's, Maria, it's kind of something you touched on too. Like the goal for me is to leave this with some ideas or strategies that I can just simply share with someone else to help them see greater success. I mean, that's what I love. I love building the relationships and the education together, spreading of ideas. It's so much fun just to be in the room together, sharing a pint and seeing where the conversation goes. Yeah. Well, for everyone here today, Brian, Maria, Chris, and Meg, I'm so excited to see you 
in a couple days, but not a couple days, almost a couple days, June 19th to 21st in Milwaukee. I appreciate you all being willing to speak at the event. I'm excited to learn from you. I know everyone else is as well. And for everyone listening today, if it's before June 19th, we would love to have you join us for CDP Connects Milwaukee. Once again, June 19th to 21st, presented by Arrive POS. It's going to be a great time. You can learn more at cbpconnects.com. And if you're listening after June 19th, we're going to have another this December. It's in Charleston, South Carolina. There'll be more next year. So go to that website. There'll always be an opportunity for you to come meet the community in person. And once again, Brian, Maria, Chris, and Meg, thank you so much for being here. And I'll see you in just a few weeks. Thanks, everybody. Of course. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Andrew. Bye, everybody. If you like this content, please subscribe, share with other craft beer professionals, and give us a five-star review. Cheers.